Welcome back to the Call in Our Shot podcast. I'm Austin, joined by Logan and Sam. And man, week one is here. The offseason is finally over with the NFL starting back up tomorrow, Thursday, the Bucks versus the Cowboys. Doesn't get better than that, but I first got to say shout out to everyone that watched last week's podcast. It was our first rendition of it. We appreciate you guys, not only if you watched it or if you downloaded it. So maybe if you don't want to watch the YouTube video, it is available on all podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, wherever else you can find your podcast. You can go download it there. Just type in call on our shot and it should come up. And we're back every single Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today, we're answering a lot of your guys' questions. And thanks to everyone that submitted them. I ask every, every Monday, you know, what sort of questions you guys got. We're talking about our favorite underdog money line parlay. I mean, we got same game parlay strategies, coaches on the hot seat, surprise or disappointing team. We got a lot of content. And of course, we're going to cover Thursday night football coming up. Final note, if you want to join the Discord, it is linked down below. 2,000 members. Appreciate you guys if you want to join. And of course, last note. We're going to the Jets and Panthers game. Everyone on the screen right here, me, Logan, and Sam are going to be in attendance. So if you happen to be at the Jets-Panthers game in Charlotte this weekend, come say hello to us, and we'll be happy to meet you guys. We'll love meeting you guys. But first off, how you boys doing today? Logan, how's it feel knowing your Carolina Panthers are starting 0-1? Oh, wow. Uh, no, you couldn't be uh, further from the truth on that one. But it just feels great to have NFL back. As you guys have known, I, I've been doing college football in the meantime. But having pros balanced with college, I mean, this is this is what it's all about. Just constant football, being able to just lay on the couch, just be a vegetable the whole weekend. That's what that's what I'm in for. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I couldn't be happier that I, you guys have are new to the channel. We really haven't covered a lot of NFL betting. But you'll be having videos for basically we're going to have a video for Thursday night football. I'll be up later today. We'll have one for obviously the whole Sunday slate, even one for Sunday night football. And of course, Monday night football we will be covering it all. And Sam on the screen, he's doing his money line parlay. The reason he's on the channel is because he cashes these weights at an annoyingly high rate, which is uh, for people that are, you know, degenerates that try to make money line parlays and always are screwed by a team like the Colts losing to the Jaguars week one. Sam somehow cashes these. And so you'll have his money line parlay in the Sunday slate video. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate it. We know you're going to cash those for our followers, but without further ado, let's, let's hop into the first question that was submitted to me by, by elite kid on Twitter. Don't know his actual name, but that's his, that is his Twitter name. And he was asking, what is your favorite money line underdog bet of the week? Now, Logan, Let's kick it off with yours. Who are you riding with as an underdog this weekend? All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm riding with the team with no name, right? Washington football team plus 100 against the, the Chargers at home. First of all, I, I love the value. Plus plus money underdog at home versus, versus a, a Chargers team that, right? They, they lost a lot of close games last year. And, and Washington fits magic, right? They, they finally got themselves a quarterback. They're not starting Heineke. Uh, or any lackluster offense like that. They're going to have what, what appears to be a really good uh, ground game with Gibson. And their defensive line is where it starts. I mean, football games, won and lost in, in the trenches. They have a pretty good offensive line, and their defensive line will carry them. Look, they're going to present problems for Herbert uh, at home. It's going to be a close game, which is why, you know, some other books have it more as a pick em. Barstool does have it at plus 100, so I do love the value on that one. Like I said, I think they're poised for the upset. Launching it with, with Fitzmagic, Ter scary Terry McLaurin probably is going to catch a touchdown or two in there. I love what they're doing on offense, and they're a sneaky team also to may maybe win that division. I'm high on the on the Washington football team. Hey, I can't disagree with you. I, I would probably, if I had to pick someone in that game, I'd probably go with Washington as well. Sam, who's your underdog money line pick for the weekend? So you know what? I think the Bengals are going to come out swinging, and I like them over the Vikings. Uh, plus 165 currently on DraftKings. 
you know, I think Joe Burrows got the itch to come back and show that he really was the best quarterback of last year's draft. I think those new offensive weapons with Jamar Chase, let's see if he can actually catch the ball, but I think he can. He's got an elite receiving core. Mixon wants to get back at it. And I think you look at the Vikings, I think they're regressing. You look at what they did last year, I think it's only going to potentially get worse for the Vikings. And I like the Bengals, you know, potentially pulling this one out. I like those odds. Yeah, I mean, you got better odds. But I mean, plus 165, so they're definitely an underdog, a pretty big one at that. And, you know, I don't, don't it's not necessarily saying, you know, the Vikings were a 12 and 14 last year, but that's right. exactly the opposite of that. So Absolutely. Bengals. Bengals have the chance. I think they maybe are being that. And I think you're getting a great value. My is my pick is even more value. And I'm riding with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in Buffalo, plus 245 on DraftKings. Now, if you look at it, these two teams played last year. And this was the, I believe the Steelers, we all know they started 11 and 0, then they lost two straight games. The second straight game that they lost was against this Buffalo Bills team. And if you look back at it, the Steelers really had a chance in that game. And I won't give you too many stats, but they're their leading rusher, James Conner, no longer with the team, but he had 10 carries and 18 yards. That's not great. And they only had the ball 24 minutes compared to the Steelers or the Bills having it for 36 minutes. I think you're getting great value. I mean, you still think about the Steelers. They still got Big Ben. I do think Big Ben's being undervalued. I think he's still a good quarterback in the NFL. And I think the Bills regress a little bit this year. And I think Najee Harris, they finally get back to running the ball. Because if you remember the Steelers, it was it was either it was first down, second down, and third down. We're all passing the ball. And then they're punting. And if you even look at it, the Bills ran for 100 yards in that game. And they weren't all 100 by Josh Allen, which is a surprise in itself. So I'm running with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. About the Steelers is that you can never count them out as a team, right? And there's a lot of unknowns with Najee. We'll see how he performs. But, yeah, the Bills are definitely one of those teams that have been overhyped this offseason. So that value, I, I like that pick for sure. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's not necessarily, you know, I'm not coming out here and saying, you know, a bad team from last year is just going to surprise someone. But I do think the Steelers, I mean, they got a great defense still. Hoping, hopefully, hopefully they signed TJ Watt, who's been in contract extensions and stuff like that. But I do think they have a good chance. Now, will they probably? I mean, it's not a pick them, so they're obviously getting great value. But plus 245, I'm in. Moving on to our next question from Josh, a COS All-Star, which we appreciate you, Josh, for always supporting. He asked, which rookie do we think will have the biggest impact in week one? Sam, we know you talked about him last week. We're going to let you get one more hurrah in on him. Who's, who's your rookie that you have expect to have a big debut this weekend? I can only ride this train so far, right? Uh, I, I might uh-huh. die on the snow after week one. But you know what? Mac Jones with the Patriots. I just see the confidence that the Patriots have in him. The fact that this is now just a new era. They come out. I think they could beat the Dolphins. That's one of those teams that's certainly on the up and rebuilding. But I think uh, I just like Mac Jones. I like the potential he has. Does he have a lot of weapons around him? Not necessarily. Defense is good, but you know what? I think he's going to be the guy to make plays happen. I think that's what what the Patriots saw saw in him. I think that's what Belichick saw in him. I think Mac Jones is the guy. Rookie of the year. Is it too early to make that call? (laughs) Uh, No, no. You've said enough. We don't need to ridicule you for talking about Mac Jones this much. Logan, I'm going to move on to you. We're going to keep rolling through these questions. Who is your biggest impact for a rookie this weekend? Well, uh, no, no surprise if, if you've watched any of my videos. You know I'm an absolute Gator homer. Yes, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I, I, I like Kyle Pitts for Rookie of the Year as well. Look, I was watching NFL Network this morning, and Tony Gonzalez gave Kyle Pitts his blessing. And when, when Tony Gonzalez gives you his blessing, you know you are something special. Fourth overall pick, right? 
the, the Falcons are absolute. Their offense is going to run through him. He's going to replace that Julio Jones type role. He is poised to absolutely exploit that that Eagles secondary. They, they weren't they weren't tremendous last year, right? Some of their linebackers in preseason pr- looked pretty unathletic, if if you ask me. Uh, Mac Jones exploited some some holes in preseason when I was watching that game. So I definitely think Kyle Pitts is just going to get fed uh, the ball offensively. I really do. I really do like uh, what he should do week one. He's going to burst on the scene. Everybody that drafted him in fantasy, like myself, is going to be treated to a great performance. I, I, I think that might be your gator, Homer, talking. Not, not your brain, but whatever. Uh, who am I to judge? You know what, Kyle Pitts, he's arguably the best talent to enter the NFL at the tight end position in who knows how long. So I'll let you, I'll let you go with it as long as you let, you let me slide with the UCF Homer pick somewhere later down the line in the podcast. Um, my pick, and I, you know, I wanted to say Jalen Waddle, and that's because you know the Dolphins obviously are without Will Fuller, and they're playing the Patriots. I, I don't know, and I wanted to go Najee Harris because you already know I'm high on the Steelers, but I'm gonna go with the defensive player. Actually, plays tomorrow. Micah Parsons, the linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, and I hear what people are saying, and maybe this is a spoiler for my video later today when I give out my NFL best bets. But I, I don't think the Cowboys' defense will be all that bad. Now, maybe that's a bold prediction in itself. Everyone's trashing their defense, but. I think guarding positions like the tight end spoiler, that will be one of my playoff player props will involve the tight end position for the Tampa Bay bucks. But I think you got Micah Parsons. You obviously got Leighton Van Der Esch. You got Jalen Smith and they got, they signed Keanu Neal from the, from the Falcons. I do think this Cowboys defense went pretty good. Well, not pretty good is a, is an overstatement, but I think they will be mediocre or maybe even a decent defense, but much better than what people saw last year. They couldn't stop a nosebleed last year. So I think Micah Parsons, he's going to be, and I think they're going to try to have him rush the passer a little bit. Maybe he'll get some sacks. And I think he'll just be tackling people like crazy. And so I'm going to go in with Micah Parsons. I think he's going to have a big, big role in the week one showdown against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whether or not he guards, you know, a guy like Gronk, I think Keanu Neal will guard that. But you look at it, Chris Godwin's already banged up. Maybe they run more two tight end sets with OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. They're, lo- they're locked and loaded the Bucks. They're going to need Micah Parsons to step up big. And I think the rookie, the 12th overall pick, is going to have a big week one. That's why I'm in on Micah Parsons. Don't even mind picking him as my defensive player of the year. Now, the number th- now the next question we got from my boy Rory on Twitter. And this is one that I'll, I'll kind of speed through because he was asking, he's going out on a limb and he's feeling either you're taking a Washington football team or versus the Chargers or the Broncos versus the Giants as value plays in terms of stacking them in daily fantasy. Um, I understand those. I don't blame you for stacking them in DFS. Now, a couple other stacks I was considering, and I'm going to do a full video on DFS, and that will be posted on Saturday. So definitely we'll tackle this a little bit more in that video. But definitely look into the Vikings versus the Bengals if you don't know. And sorry, Sam, I don't know if you didn't know. The Bengals are missing a lot of their cornerbacks. I believe Eli Apple will be guarding Justin Jefferson. I might have to call the police on that one. But I do think Kirk Cousins, maybe Justin Jefferson stack could be interesting, as well as like a Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins versus the Titans. Titans, I'm not really sold on their defense. And of course, we'll be in live and in person. Sam Darnold versus the Jets, whether you want to do Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. I don't mind those guys at all. But we're going we're gonna to cover those more on Saturday. Now, this is what everyone's been waiting for. We're picking the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? You can, you can choose the team they're going to play against. But really, I just care about who's your Super Bowl winner. I'm going to let you start this one off, Sam. Who you got taking home the Super Bowl this year? Well, you know, when you look at this, you're not only looking at teams, but you're looking at odds, right? You want a good value for it. So I like the Packers, currently sitting at, what, plus 1,200 odds to win the Super Bowl? You know, you got to take a lot of things into account. One, they're not in the AFC. They're not going up against the Chiefs, right, until hopefully the Super Bowl. 
They're not, that's nothing they have to get through in the playoffs until they reach the Super Bowl. You look at their division, you got the Lions. They're not going to be really good this year, right? Bears are in a rebuild. Vikings, I think, are going to aggress even more. You got to like the ability to get some easy wins from their division play. And just look at Aaron Rodgers. He's got a lot to prove this year. Yes, it's been a tumultuous offseason. There were a lot of unknowns. Were the Packers going to be even a you know 500 team without Rodgers? But he's back. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove. You know, he, he's in the uh, certainly the the twilight stages of his career. He wants to get another big game. It'll help him cement his legacy, which he wants to do. He's got a little bit of that ego, and I think he gets it done this year. I think there's an opportunity in the NFC. If you look at those top tier teams, got to assume the Bucks are going to regress a little bit. I mean, sure, they have all those players coming back, but I don't think they're going to do it. Austin, come fight me on it later. Yeah. But I think the Packers are the team to get it done this year. Super Bowl pick. Uh, I know you're. I know you've always been a Rodgers homer, and. You know, this now is, I'll wait to bash them when they lose week one to the Saints and Jameis Winston. Um, Logan, who's, who's your Super Bowl pick? Well, first of all, I want to I want to address a little bit what he said with the Packers. First of all, you're just assuming that that Aaron Rodgers and everything that was in a tumultuous offseason is just going to smooth over. Right. He's just going to take the field and it's just going to be, you know, hit the ground running. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I, I think. There's a little bit of, of turmoil in, in the Packers. I, I think a, a surprise NFC team could come out of, could come out of there. Uh, obviously, like we talked about with the Bucks, but my team at the same at the same odds as, as the Packers, Bills plus twelve hundred. I, I really do like what the Bills are, are are doing. You talked about yes, they they're gonna have to face Kansas City, but they have what it takes to to match up pretty well against Kansas City, right? We we know Pat Mahomes on their side, but Josh Allen. You know what? Everybody, everybody knows. You know why he was he was highly touted in the draft. They've seen the talent, just the raw talent. The Bills are just going to use and abuse the pass like they have. You know, a lot of last year. They're going to ride Josh Allen into the playoffs, and I think they're going to be poised for a deep playoff run, meeting up with Kansas City and making a, a really good uh, case for a Super Bowl at that plus twelve hundred odds. I love it for value. Yeah, you know, uh, I like the value on that plus twelve hundred is pretty good. And I mean, look, it's one of those AFCs take away the Chiefs kind of wide open, right? I think the Bills could certainly get it done. Um, but, you know, there are just some question marks, right? Certainly the defense is going to hold up and is going to perform like expected. But is Josh Allen going to regress? Is he going to be able to recreate what he did last year? If he doesn't, I don't think that offense is high octane enough to be able to go head to head with Patrick Mahomes when you got to be able to put up, you know, 42 points to beat him. Can they do that? We'll see. Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. I think besides the Chiefs, the Bills, you know, that the AFC is wide open, but there's a lot of other teams out there. I mean, I think you obviously, and we'll get into the Ravens. They're, they're always out there. You got the Browns. A lot of people are very high on the Browns. People thinking they got a good chance and you can't really fight them. They got arguably the best two-headed running backs in the NBA, in the NFL. So Bills, I think you got good value there, but we all know who's going to win the Super Bowl. And that's my pick. And sure, maybe I'm not getting the great value. Plus 650. Take, give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the hometown team. I'm in Tampa. I'm, I'm riding the Bucs, and here's why. Now, obviously, we have to go. Tom Brady, and no one expected him to come in last year. Just, you know, clean sweep. They didn't even have an offseason to prepare. It was straight, no preseason, straight right in week one. And you saw them struggle at the beginning of the year. They weren't necessarily the best team in the NFL. And then you saw towards the second half of the year, the better chemistry. Even got Antonio Brown. 
and they really just steamrolled teams. And so I'm all in on the Bucks team. Like you already said, Sam, they're returning every single starter as long as they can stay healthy, which I think they got enough, enough depth at the important positions. I think they're all set. And now I know you could say, you know what, uh, a team hasn't repeated back-to-back Super Bowls in a while. Well, the last team to do it, 2003 and 2004, New England Patriots with Tom Brady. Who says he can't do it again? I'm all in on the Buccaneers, plus 650. Give it to me. You can ridicule me all you want. Call me a homer. But I'm in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. No, look, it's certainly hard to argue against. And look, in the NFC South, they got six games against, you know, the Dirty Birds. The, uh, the Panthers and uh, the Jameis Winston-led Saints. That right there is probably enough to get him in the playoffs, right? So, no, I, I think the Buccaneers certainly are going to do it. I mean, look at the odds. It's not great value. But, yeah, it's Tom Brady. I can't put up an actual argument to say he's not the favorite. He obviously is. So, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, right? Uh, I, I would say so. I mean, I, I think they got as good as anyone. I mean, obviously you got the Buccaneers setting the second highest favorite team to win the Super Bowl. I believe the Chiefs are plus 500 or so. I, I don't know if you get much value on either of the two teams, but if you're looking for a good safe pick, I think the Bucs got as good of a chance as anyone out there. Like you said, weak division. I do think they'll be, I, mean, I think dude, I do think the Saints will be better than people think. Um, I love Jameis. I think he can maybe lead them to some winning football team, winning football games, but Buccaneers should win that division pretty easily. Now, moving on the flip side. Now, obviously, it's, you'd love to win the Super Bowl. What you wouldn't love to see is to have a bad season ending in firing of a head coach. And that's why we're going to talk about who's on the coaching hot seat. Now, Logan or Sam and I both got a new coach. Logan, you got ruled for the Panthers. So I don't expect either of our coaches to go any, anywhere anytime soon. But Sam, who do you think's on the coaching hot seat? Well, we've all seen him the most in the offseason, right? Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys. We've seen him on hard knocks. We've seen what the inside of that team has looked like in the offseason. But you look at Mike McCarthy, and the reason why I don't like his position is because of how good that team looks on paper, right, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, when you have Dak Prescott, Elliott, Lamb, and Cooper, expectations are going to be high. Jerry Jones isn't getting any younger, right? He wants to be Jerry Jones of the 90s again. He wants to usher in a new era of dominance. And the window, rightfully so, is short, right? Like, he's got to be able to immediately have success and have success in what is probably the worst division in football, I would argue, in the NFC uh, in the NFC East. So if he can't get it done this year and they have another disappointing season like they did last year, granted there was obviously that injury to, to Prescott, but he's back now and he's healthy starting week one. Cowboys have to get it done. They got to look really good or I think Mark McCath- Mike McCarthy's out this year. No, I mean, I, I think uh, his, his, the leash is a little bit longer for Mike McCarthy. Um, I mean, he's, he's buddies with Jerry Jones. We know how far that gets you, right? Just ask Jason Garrett, who stayed there way too long. I mean, Mike McCarthy, he'll, he'll be okay. I mean, he, he's just, last year, are you going to really fault him for the DAC injury? Uh, I don't know. They, ha- they have to, to clean up the defense, though. That's, that's an absolute must. So, yeah, and they have to win the division for him to, to stay off the hot seat, I, I think. But I think he will. So I, I don't. I don't think he's going to be on the a good addition that helps with that. But hasn't he learned from Jason Garrett? Right. He doesn't want to make that same mistake twice. Speaking for Jerry. No, he doesn't. He doesn't learn. That's the point. Yeah. That's that, that's Jerry for you. Now Jerry never learns his lesson, and uh, and you could say a lot of things. I mean, I already talked about the Cowboys defense, but I just don't. I, I'm kind of signing with Logan here. I don't see them giving. It would have to take a really bad season. A lot of you know, controversial things to happen for them. I think can Mike McCarthy just after what was last year's first season. And then this is second season. So I just don't see it. While I do see a guy who's in a couple seasons with his team, Chicago bears, Matt Nagy, 
I think he's on the hot seat bigger than anyone in the NFL. Now, here's why. Now, you got the Bears. Obviously, they got a lot of talent. People love their defense, and people love their defense. Obviously, got Khalil Mack traded a lot for him. They got a lot of other impactful players on the defensive end, yet you never see them piling up wins. And why don't they pile up the wins? It's because they're offense. And what is Matt Nagy known for is being a good offensive coordinator. So then why exactly is he there if he's not bringing offense to the table? If you even look at it last year for the Bears, they were, did much better when Matt Nagy finally said, all right, fine, I'm not calling plays. And look how their offense did the second half of the year or the last six, seven weeks when he wasn't calling plays. They did very well. You saw David Montgomery be a very useful fantasy football running back. And that was large in part due to they finally used, learned how to use him. Now, Matt Nagy, this is going to be arguably the best quarterbacks that he's had since he's been with them. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky, things didn't pan out well. Nick Foles, obviously, et cetera, et cetera. Andy Dalton, I'm not necessarily coming on here and saying Andy Dalton's winning MVP or he's necessarily leaps and bounds above Mitch Trubisky or Andy Dalton or, or, or above Nick Foles. But I do think Andy Dalton's a serviceable QB. You saw him make the playoffs many, many times with the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, last year was an anomaly with the Dallas Cowboys. But I do think Andy Dalton's better, and we all know. I think we all can agree. Justin Fields will be on the on the field at some point. And if you want to take it from someone that's, that's really ruined a quarterback, a young quarterback like the New York Jets did to Sam Darnold, I do think the same thing could happen with Justin Fields if Matt Nagy is still in charge and not leading a good offense. So I think Matt Nagy, he's on the hot seat, and you can't well, tell me differently. Yeah. Here's why I disagree with you, and you bring up a good point. I thought the same thing about the Jets. The thing to learn from that experience is you don't want to usher in new coaching regimes that early on into a young quarterback, right? Darnold went through Bowles, went through Gase, right? And it just didn't make sense for him to go through a – third guy that's why they they cut the leash and they went with Zach Wilson so I think if Justin Fields is the prospect that the Bears think he is why put him through that especially in his what will be his sophomore year next year if they find someone else I think you got to at least give him a solid base to at least grow that's why I'm thinking give him at least you know a second year under Matt Nagy I, I don't know we'll see but I, I agree Bears have been bad for a long time and so I mean there's an expectation for them to be better yeah, they got to definitely do something. Their offense has to produce. And I know Bears fans, they are not very happy with Matt Nagy so far. I know a lot of people are excited for him coming over from, certainly I believe, Kansas to, City. But Yeah, certainly have to be careful with those um, offensive gurus, right? Yeah. Sometimes cause more <laughs> trouble than good to young quarterbacks. So Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Logan, who do you think's on the coaching hot seat? Yeah, this, one, this one's pretty easy to me. And surprisingly, I don't know the, the odds on it, but Vic Fangio is actually he has the uh, best odds to get uh, be the first head coach fired uh, during the season. So uh, Vic Fangio, to me, it just screams uh, not a fit in Denver. First of all, last year, I forget what the locker room turmoil was, but he, he lost a few players in the locker room. Just forget what he was even talking about. We're not going to talk about that. Let's talk more about the on-the-field stuff, though. So you're bringing in a game manager at quarterback with, with Teddy Bridgewater, and as a Panthers fan, Teddy Bridgewater is going to keep you close in a lot of games, but he's not going to win you a ton. So I don't expect the Broncos to be – all that good of a football team. You play in a really tough division, right? We're facing Pat Mahomes twice a year. And uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't find a ton of divisional wins in there. Vic Fangio, he, he just doesn't seem like a fit in Denver. I, I expect them to probably move on from him mid season. It's, it's a not so bold prediction uh, to, to say he's going to be fired. I don't think he's going to even make it the full year uh, this year in Denver. Yeah. You know, I gotta, I gotta come back at you for that. Now I know, I know the Broncos not good last year. And as a person that actually bet they're under, this year and wins. I don't know why I'm supporting them, but I do after looking at the roster and learning more about the team and kind of the Teddy Bridgewater start, I don't mind the Broncos. I think they're going to be pretty good this year. They have one of the easier strength of schedule. Sure. They're playing the chiefs a bunch, but 
they're playing the Chargers and the Raiders the other four times. And I think they can beat those teams. Nothing, I'm not necessarily saying that Justin Herbert's going to light up the NFL like he did in his rookie season. Maybe he's due for some regression. But Vic Fangio, great defensive coordinator. And well, that's what you know he's there for is for his defense. And I think they got as much talent as anyone on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, they got, you know, Von Miller coming back. They got Bradley Chubb and all those guys. And I think they're going to have a good chance of rushing the passer, which is exactly how you beat teams like the Chiefs, like the Chargers. They don't have great run games. Even like the Raiders, who necessarily have lost a lot of their offensive line. I think they can cause havoc at the front lines. And I think that could lead to a lot of victories. And sure, Teddy Bridgewater, he might he might not win you a lot of games. He does cover. So shout out to the, the cover <laughs> cover champion. But, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, the reason they lost a lot of games, that Panthers defense was terrible last year. And I think, you know, you're asking Teddy Bridgewater to score 25, 30 points a game. It's just not probably going to happen. But I think with the Broncos, if, you know, he's still getting them 20 to 25 points. I think they can win games like that. They're going to be one of the lower scoring games. I bet when the season's all wrapped up, they will be probably one of the best teams to hit the under, to cash the under in the in the majority of their games. And maybe I'll be picking their under in week one. Maybe spoiler alert. So Vic Fangio, Sam, you have any thoughts on Vic Fangio and the Broncos? Well, I, I argue against you a little bit. I guess I'd side a little bit more with Logan on this one, just because, I mean, the AFC West is the dynasty of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? It will be the Chiefs for the next five or six years. So if you're not, you know, confident that you're at least putting something together that's going to at least somehow be able to go toe-to-toe with them, what are you doing, right? And yeah, I don't think Vic Fangio screams future. I don't think he screams future dynasty either. So I think that team needs to be, you know, blown up and just completely rebuilt from the bottom up. And I don't think Vic Fangio is the guy to do it. So, yeah, as long as you're that close to the Chiefs and you play them twice a year, I'm sending guys in and I'm sending guys out until I find a guy that brings in the culture that Vic Fangio just can't bring in. And maybe that is a guy like them trading for like or signing Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Would that, you know, that could basically take them from this middle level tier to the, that, that top tier. So I think that's kind of what John Elway looks to do. He doesn't normally try to draft quarterbacks. You know, he saw him go out and get Peyton Manning. But it surprised me to see A-Rodge in a Broncos uniform week one next season. No, and I think this would be an entirely different conversation. I think Vic Fangio could lead that off, could lead that team led by Aaron Rodgers at the helm. I, I don't know. It's, I just think they're they're getting a little underrated, and I think they'll be better. Will they be? Will they make the playoffs? I don't think so. But they'll be a close to 500 team, maybe a nine and eight team. So I don't I don't hate the Broncos this year, and they got Javante Williams. Very stud running back out of UNC. I'm in on that guy's talent. If you can snag him in your fantasy football drafts, you won't regret it. It'll be very good towards the end of the year. Now, moving on, kind of similar topic, but your disappointing team. Now, I'm not going to come on here and say the Jets will be disappointing because I'm already disappointed as a Jets <laughs> fan. I'm already, I'm already sad inside, but I will get hurt by Zach Wilson because we're all in we're all in love with him. As a, I mean, it's the only thing that's given us hope and who knows how long. But my disappointing team, and I'll let you guys get into yours, it's going to be the Ravens. And, you know, I was going to, we were supposed to talk about this last week and really I was going to talk about the injuries and what have that, what's happened? Even more injuries. They obviously lost JK Dobbins, obviously lost. Now their backup. Well, Gus Edwards, technically their second backup, but Justice Hill was their third string. Tyson Williams is still there. They just signed Le'Veon Bell. This team's a mess and it's a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, all the wide receivers are injured. They drafted Rashad Bateman. He's going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season. Signed Mark Andrews to a big deal, but he can't be the only one to catch passes. Marquise Hollywood Brown's already injured. 
the list goes on and on. I just think the Ravens will be a little bit disappointing. I think they'll be the third team in this division. I do think the Browns will be better than them. And surprise pick, I think the Steelers will have a better record than the Baltimore Ravens when it's all said and done. Lamar Jackson, will he take another, you know, obviously he took a big step backward last year after he won his MVP two years ago. Will he take a bigger step forward? Or will we kind of plateau at this level? I don't know. I think he'll still be usable in fantasy football. I mean, it's Lamar Jackson. He's going to run for a ton of yards. Not sold on the Ravens so far. And I think it plays a lot into the injuries that they've suffered. Now, will they maybe Le'Veon Bell step in and play a big role? Either way, I'm not in on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Well, okay, kind of what you're saying. I mean, you're talking about all the injuries and you're talking about a lot of, I, I think expectations have been lowered for the Ravens. I mean, going into the season pre-injuries with JK and all those, I would say they had some expectations, but everybody is just running, running to, to, the, uh, to Vegas to bet the Browns. Even some people are like, oh, talking about the Steelers. Look, the Ravens are, are one of those teams that, that thrive when, when the expectations are lower. And I think they're, they're not as high as you're saying. I mean, Lamar Jackson obviously likes lights all on him, but I, I definitely think uh, they'll, they'll be serviceable, right? Their defense is definitely going to keep them in games. I don't think the Ravens are going to take all, all that, all that uh, much of a step back as you're talking about it. I mean, they're going to win some games that, that they probably weren't even favored uh, to win just because of the injuries. What are your thoughts, Sam? Uh, hot take. I think Lamar Jackson's best season is behind him. I think that MVP performance will probably be his peak, and I think he's now on the downhill. So I think I agree with you. That division is absolutely a toss-up. If I had to make a pick there, it, it's tough because I hard to count out any of those teams, right? Even when you think the Steelers and the Bengals are down, I mean, look what they're going to do with new offensive weapons. I really don't know. So tough division. Lamar Jackson, not as exciting as – two years ago, right? Yeah, I agree. I think they're probably going to be a disappointment and not land where we might expect them to in that division. Yeah, as my closing point, I just think it's going to be hard for, for, for Lamar Jackson to find his teammates open because I just don't see them creating a lot of separation. That's just my overall take. Could the Ravens, could they make the playoffs? Absolutely. And his team is, I mean, it's still Lamar Jackson, still talented, still have a good defense, like you said, but I just not, I think, will they get bounced first round? I think so. I don't think they'll be making it past the first round like they did last year. And the, if you're not making it past the first, going farther into the divisional, the, the AFC championship game, then I would call that a disappointment for all Ravens fans. Now, I'll move on to you, Samuel. We're sticking in the AFC. Who's your disappointing team this year? Well, I'd like to preface this by saying disappointing only against expectations because this team is by no means disappointing. But I think the Bills are going to have a disappointing season compared to expectation. Because right now, I think expectation is like 14 and three. That's what people are saying. They're saying the heir apparent to the Kansas City Chiefs, they're gonna go toe to toe with them. And I just don't think that offense is, can be as prolific as they were last year. Certainly not as prolific as the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, let's assume Josh Allen has a little bit of a regression this year. You look at who his wide receivers are. Yes, Diggs is great. Cole Beasley, old man Manny Sanders, hard to get excited <laughs> about that. What about Who's the next one? Do I love Singletary or Moss? Don't love either, right? I don't know where the explosive option is. I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to win the AFC East handily, but I put them more as a, I don't know, 10 and seven, nine and eight team compared to the crazy expectations that they have right now. Come at me. What do you guys think? Well, okay. For number one, he wanted you to say Gabe Davis. That was, that was very obvious. <laughs> You've been UCF Homer, uh, how you didn't say Gabe Davis in that wide receiving court, but no, look, that, that is just absolutely, that's, that's just garbage to say they're going to finish under 10 wins is, is garbage. They're going to pick up some easy, easy divisional. Watch wins. what you say. Watch I, what I you think, say. Watch what you no, say. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> look, if you look at their schedule, they play the AFC East, they play the Jets twice a year. And then they also yeah. play the NFC South. 
They're playing the Panthers, the Falcons, and the um, Saints Correct. that I just trashed on earlier. Right. So I agree. The schedule is not extremely hard. There's no right. opportunity for them to be able to do it. But let's say some games go poorly. Let's say be, they become the Chargers of last year and they lose some close ones. I don't know. Right now, everyone's saying they're going to go toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just think if that's the expectation, guys, I think they're going to be disappointing. I mean, it's hard for me. I mean, uh, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm not necessarily – I haven't been sold on Josh Allen. I still do think he's very talented. I just don't know how you can win a Super Bowl not running the ball. And you saw that happen to the or to the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they came back against the 49ers last year. No offensive line, couldn't run the ball, never could establish any run. And I think you got to have some sort of run game. And we know the Bills, they don't run the ball. They never have, never will. So I just think it's going to be hard for them to keep leads in games. And I think that could lead to them losing some closer games. I mean, as a UCF fan, I know what it's like to go guns blazing, throwing the ball 99% of the time, and then getting a big lead and then choking it because – you can't chew clock. You can't have long, methodical drives. I think that could be the case for the Bills this year. Will they win the division? I don't know. Mac Jones is pretty good, I heard, from, from a guy oh, over man. here. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. No, no. I, I get the final final word on this one. That That's just, no. The, the, the disrespect in, the, in here, comparing the Buffalo Bills to the UCF Knights, an AAC team. So let's stop that right there. Hey, we won a championship before the Bills, man. All right. All right. Well, I mean, the, the Buffalo Bills, you, you hit on it. They don't need to run the ball when they're just flat out outscoring teams. Uh, like I said, Josh Allen, you don't you don't you can just you can ride him. You know, injuries, injuries aside. Right. I, I, I wish him health. He better not get dinged up or the Bills will be in trouble. But they're going to ride uh, Josh Allen's coattail. Uh, deep, deep playoff run for sure. That is that is absolutely what's going to happen. Book it. All right. Actually, I'll take the last word on this one. As a side note, everyone should draft Gabe Davis as their sleeper late round fantasy pick. Absolutely. If you aren't familiar with UCF football, the man is explosive. There's certainly a window for Bill's wide receiver number two. And yeah, Gabe Davis could be a guy. Absolutely. Deep sleeper in your drafts. I do support anyone drafting Gabe Davis. And shout out to the guy who was just like, oh, UCF Knight, Latavius Murray. Now, Logan, hit me with your disappointing team this season because you told me it earlier, and I, I am ready to ridicule you. So go, take it away. Yeah, no, no, minute, absolutely. Minute to spew, spew whatever garbage you want to. Look, people, people are running, not walking, to the uh, ticket booth to, to bet the uh, Rams team, to, team win total over just because they just they assume, you know, you plug and play Matt Stafford. Oh, it's just like what Brady did with the Bucks, and you just plug in a new quarterback, and boom, you've got an amazing team. That's not always how it works, and especially in a division where, look, this is actually a division that is competitive. Unlike we were talking about with the uh, with the AFC East, the the Cardinals formidable, right? The Niners are are definitely on on the uptick, and you got annoying Seattle. Seattle will always be uh, in, in the race there. I definitely think that that the Rams are are not going to hit that that double digit threshold. I believe it's like you know eleven or twelve. He, Austin, well, I don't I don't know what what he walked off. It's so so blasphemous. But uh, I've put up some nasty takes before. Yours was so nasty. You got Austin to leave. Oh, there we go. What do we got? got a I got a Lions. Jersey. I got a Lions jersey on. The ex team of Matthew. Stafford. All right. Well, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not tolerating you trashing Matthew Stafford. This he's had the best. You see this Megatron. That's his, oh. this, he's had the best receiving core with the Rams that he's ever had since Megatron. Now, sure, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're not Megatron. They're not going to jump over guys and catch it. But you got to look at the Rams offense. And 
what was something that held back the Rams last season? Jared Goff, get him out of town. He's he's bad. Sorry, the former number one pick. I'm not in on him. I think the Lions will be terrible. That's the reason I picked their under this year. But you look at it. What happened? How did the Rams lose games last year? It was because if they ever got a lead, they were fine because they would just run the ball and they had a great running offense. But what happened when they lost the lead? They could never recover. You saw that happen against, I believe, they played against the Giants. They were down and then they couldn't really come back and beat a team that they were favored by like, I don't know, double digit points. And they end up losing outright to a team like the Giants. You look at it, obviously, Matthew Stafford, what's he known for? Coming back. That's He's like the comeback kid. He has arguably, I don't know the exact stat, but he has a ton of come from behind victories in the fourth quarter. That's exactly what the Rams need. They need someone to that can sling the ball. And he's got great receivers out there. Obviously, you have, I mean, Cam Akers, if he was out there, it'd be even better. I'm in on the Rams this year. And heck yeah, I'm running to the books to place my bets. I should have made them my Super Bowl champion. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you, you. You had me laughing when you got up off set. But look, let, let me finish my, my actual point. You you just said, oh, it would be better if they had Cam Akers. Well, guess what? They don't. They don't have any sort of running They game. don't need him. You're going you're gonna to rely on an aging quarterback to just carry you to victory like like his prime throw into Megatron. First of all, he just chucked the ball up to Megatron. There was no skill required to do that. A lot of quarterbacks could have just chucked it up to Megatron. But whatever. Look at their schedule. All right. And I, and I kind of pulled this up. Obviously, I talked about the divisional opponents, which are no slouch, by the way. These aren't Jets or 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 Jaguars or anyone. But they have to they really have to run it, run it up against the Texans, Lions and Jags. They play some mediocre teams like that. But they also play the Packers, Bucks, Ravens, Titans. Those are all formidable teams. They're going to have to run up the win total there just to hit the uh, just to hit that double digit over, which is why. I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm in on the under. I'm not, everyone is just assuming pencil the Rams in for, for that division. And I think we are too premature in doing so. Damn, you know, but I think Sean McVay is excited to drop a whole set of plays that Jared Goff was never able to comprehend. I think he's excited to have a real quarterback in there. What will be exciting to see is everyone, I think, thought Matthew Stafford was like this generation's Archie Manning, right? This great quarterback who was just on a perennially awful team, right? Now we're going to get the opportunity to see, is Matt Stafford an actual guy, right? As of right now, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. But if he makes some really good, you know, two or three seasons with the Rams, maybe goes late in the playoffs, I think that'll help his career. So look, as someone who is a fan of Matt Stafford and wants to watch him succeed, I think that Rams team could be good. Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to tell Logan, but he he apparently doesn't doesn't know football. <laughs> I'm just oh. in, I, and maybe I'm a Stafford homer. I loved him coming out of Georgia. Obviously, yeah. loved Megatron growing up next to Georgia Tech. I loved him. I loved watching him. And sure, I mean, and I think you could argue if we had a topic who has the most pressure on them, you could probably talk about the Rams and you could talk about Matthew Stafford. I couldn't normally fight you with that. I just think Stafford will live up to the pressure he always has, you know, in those late games. He always uh, raising his game to another level, even though the guys around him necessarily weren't the best. There's so many games out there for the Lions where he'd lead a coming a comeback drive and then they choke it with like 30 seconds left and give up a late field goal. That's what the Lions did. So I'm in on the Rams. I'm excited to watch it. I don't think anyone will say, yeah, I don't want to turn on the Rams game they're gonna be a fun team to watch and especially they're leading off with sunday night football against the chicago bears spoiler alert i'll be in on that game you'll have a separate video for me on that one so any closing thoughts on your rams to leave these people with whatever i don't even know if i should give you any more airtime all i want is you to keep that same energy when they are floundering a bit when matt stafford has had a game where he threw two or three interceptions keep the same energy because we will come back to this later and and you you guys look like clowns all right, I'll clip yeah, this. Go ahead and clip it. We'll return to it week 17 or at the end of the postseason when, yeah, they're, when, they're, when they're chilling in the NFC championship against my Bucks.
Um, <laughs> all right, maybe I've gone too far. Um, we got one more final question before we come into Thursday night football. I'll give a quick recap. And Logan, we're going to tackle this one. It's from Scott. Obviously, he asked this question last week. He's a COS All-Star. We got to answer all of their questions. He asked if you had any same-game parlay info. Like, Obviously, you know the NFL season's starting, and they're going to be cranking out. And I know FanDuel already is the fiends that, are, that they are, giving everyone a risk-free same-game parlay. And I know people have a lot of questions like, how can I cash in on this? How can I, how can you know, make a good one that actually has a good chance of hitting? Because I know people just want to go in there. They see Bucks versus the Cowboys. They're like, heck yeah, we're putting the crazy people to score tight ends or tight ends to score touchdowns and random stuff like that. What is your kind of tip? Because I know you cashed a bunch of them for the MLB season. What's your kind of tip to Scott and the people out there, the COS members, the COS community? How are you crafting your same game parlays? Yeah. So first of all, I love, I love same game parlays. They're, they're, they're what make football games fun, right? You, you get like a Texans Jaguar free game, same or a free same game parlay. And you might actually have interest in watching that game because you got some skin in it. But I, I definitely, what I ask myself is what, which type of game flow scenario? I, I like to go on both ends of the spectrum, right? I either like to have a shootout where I pick a lot of overs, assuming that the game is just high scoring, or I like to uh, go with kind of that defensive grind game where, where a lot of the, the, the game is just two clock, especially in football. It, it's, it's to me a little bit easier to craft those types of games. Now, can you throw in a random touchdown score? Yeah, but I, I uh, tend to stay away from those. I, I tend to w- stay away from the anytime touchdown score just because I mean, unless it's just an absolute, you know, fiend, touchdown fiend like yeah. Devontae Adams or, or Travis Kelsey. I just think that's, that's, more, that's uh, more of a riskier bet. So I like to keep them in that, like, you know, four, max five legs. And I like to say, is this going to be a low-scoring game or high-scoring game? Just stick to that type of uh, game flow scenario. Yeah, I think that's a good way to craft a, a very good, like, not a lottery ticket, but more so, you know, picking the game flow. Maybe like a game like, and this is a couple years back, but – you know, when the Chiefs and the Rams played and it was like, what, 49 to 50 or something wild yeah. like that. I don't I don't even know if same game parlays were back then, but if they did, I know FanDuel lost the shirt off their back for someone playing some lotto ticket parlays. And I think if you're going to try to craft something like that, obviously you got to go into it knowing you're probably not going to cash it because it's a lottery ticket parlay. But I do think same game parlays, I think normally my strategy, I'm very risk averse. I try to, you know, limit it. I try to go to things. I'm not necessarily trying to get plus 10,000 odds or plus plus a thousand odds. I'm normally trying to stick to the plus 200 ish range, kind of try to double triple my money. Normally I'm looking for things that happen 80 to 90% of the time. So if I'm looking at maybe like a, maybe if Zeke Elliott's like 75 yards over under, maybe I'll do like 50 yards. Now I know week one is line is 53 and a half. So I wouldn't be doing that, but I normally try to craft those things in the Super Bowl last year versus Chiefs versus the Bucks. Try to craft something that was like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both get 70 yards, obviously the leading two receivers on the Chiefs, and they cashed that one, and that's something that you can target. Try to find, I normally try to find some safe legs, and something I always stress, and this necessarily isn't about same-game parlays, but always I'll look at the player performance doubles. I always abbreviate them as PPDs or same-game parlays. I think sometimes you can find a play, player performance double. It gives you better value than if you crafted or manually crafted the same game parlay, the same exact legs, or vice versa. It's, it's weird, but it's a simple, a simple thing to earn you a little bit more money. So definitely look into that. Without further ado, we're going to cap off this uh, second edition of the podcast. And obviously, we'll be back next week recapping the whole NFL Week 1 slate. But we're talking about Thursday night football. Obviously, we've been kind of hinting at it. Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Bucks are eight point favorites over under, I believe it's 52 right around now. Maybe it goes up, maybe it goes down a point. Now the Bucks were sitting at about minus seven earlier this week. Now up to minus eight. How are you guys feeling about this game? Are you concerned about, I know we'll start with you, Sam. I know you're a Chris Godwin owner. I don't know if you know yesterday he got injury notice. He's, he's was limited with the quad injury. Are you concerned for him this week in fantasy football? Cause I know a lot of people are going to be relying on him in their lineups. 
You know, you know, there's obviously the injury you have to take into account, but the thing with Chris Godwin is you have to take volume into account every week, right? Look at the receivers that Brady could go to. You know, even if he is fully healthy, you're taking the chance that you better not hope he's finding chemistry with Antonio Brown or Mike Evans that night. Amen. Um, if he's healthy, though, I play him. I, obviously, I like him more as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. Um, but, yeah, you look at that Bucks team, and I think they're going to come out swinging and just continue the energy that they had when they put a stomping on the Chiefs, right? At, at home, you know, where they won their last Super Bowl, right? Like, I think they're going to come out. If uh, I think well, what's the spread at eight points, I think they cover that easily. I, I like the Bucks big. Yeah, I think a, a lot you and a lot of other people are all in on the Bucks. And while I'm hesitant to, to bet it because I know the public will be on Bucks minus eight, I can't necessarily disagree with you, especially because of the injuries and then on the Cowboys offensive side. So I'll switch to you, Logan. Obviously, Dak Prescott struggled with some injuries. Obviously, all last year missed basically weeks five on. He missed the whole rest of the season and he struggled with the shoulder injury. He is, should be 100% for this game. He said he's good to go. Now, obviously, they have, yeah, I know you're a Zeke Elliott owner. Are you concerned starting Zeke Elliott this week? Given that Zach Martin, they're arguably their best offensive lineman, is out. And you got a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that is arguably the best defensive line in the NFL. Yeah, you know, I I really don't love the Zach Martin injury one bit for, for us Zeke Elliott uh, fantasy owners out there. It's that's going to be a really tough one uh, to overcome because we know how good up front uh, the Bucks defensive line is. But according, according to Jerry Jones, there's a chance maybe Zach Martin does play, right? He, he lives in his own <laughs> fantasy uh, billionaire world where where he says, eh, maybe a couple, uh, next, a couple of tests and he's good to go. So, you know, you know, real more realistically, we don't expect him to probably be in there, but it would, it would be a lot cooler if he, if he did play. I mean, Zeke Elliott's player prop is low for a reason, right? They're not expecting a, a ton of yards to be had on the ground. Yeah. Could this one get ugly uh, for, for, for the Cowboys? Sure. Absolutely. But, and whenever my, my betting strategy in the NFL, whenever I'm on the side of everyone and their mother betting the same thing, it's always an L, right? It's always, it's always yeah, an L. Sad, it's sad, but true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, that's just the gambling rule. It's happened to me all baseball season, happens sometimes in college football. But in this one, I would just lean, I would just lean Cowboys with the, with the points. It, it just, you know, eight points is respectable enough. You know, could it be like a 31 type 24 type game? Maybe. And I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I take, I would lean Cowboys with the points, but I probably wouldn't put any of my own money on them given the injury concern. Yeah. I can tell. I didn't love the Zach Martin injury before, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, 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 I did think Zeke Elliott was due for a decent, I think he's due for a good season, but this might be a rough, it's, I mean, it's hard defense to go up against. And then I do believe he has some, you know, some area for, you know, receptions and receiving yards. I do think he might get some fantasy points that way. But that's not going to move the ball that well against this Bucks defense. But it's going to come down to how dialed in the Bucks are. Like obviously, they were dialed in against the the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but that they made Pat Mahomes run for his life. Now, will Dak Prescott, if he's running for his life, they better yank him out of that game because they do not need him getting injured or ruining the season before it even gets going. So uh, it's going to be tough. So we're going to pick. Now I'll give you guys who do you think wins. I want your score prediction. Lay it on me, Sam. You're starting. And I'll write these down. And if you nail it on the head, we'll, we'll give you a round of applause next podcast. Who you got winning? What's your score prediction? I like the Bucks coming out hot, winning handily, getting early control of the game and just carrying it through the end. I like them uh, 31-17, covering the spread over the boys. 31-17. So you, you would technically take the unders. Logan, what's, what you got? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm more... I, I think I think I, I see Cowboys potentially covering the spread. 31-24, Tampa Bay uh, wins the game, though. 
Okay, so you're taking the over. So now and the Cowboys we'll covering. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is me, and and I don't really want to give a spoiler for my. Maybe I should just say, oh, you have to watch the video. <laughs> but this is a tough one. You know, I don't love betting spreads in the NFL. It really any sport because they're always so dialed in. You'll see games <laughs> like the UCF game, which was five and a half point favorites. What do we do? One by five, missed the two point conversion. Things like that. That it's just like it's pain. I'd rather. I don't know if I'd rather lose a player prop on the hook either, though. It's just Vegas just makes you shake your head. Um, if I personally, if I had to go, I'm obviously a Bucks homer. Pick them to win the Super Bowl. I'm gonna go Bucks. I think it's a lower scoring game than people think. I'm gonna give them. I think it will be. I think it'll be 20, 27 to to hmm, 27 to 17. So I do think the Bucks cover. I do think they win by 10. But I think it's uh, at the lower scoring game that people anticipate. I do think the Cowboys defense will be better than people think. And I think they can cover. I don't know if their cornerbacks will be able to cover all of them, but that Chris Godwin injury could be bigger than people might assume. But we'll see. Obviously, it's only Wednesday. So we'll learn more about them later today. We'll learn more, obviously, throughout the week. It's obviously only Tuesday and Wednesday that we're kind of covering these news. So we'll see about Chris Godwin. Um, and so it looks like we're all on the Bucks. Logan, you're the one that's got Cowboys plus eight, and I don't blame you for doing it. I think we all think it's going to be a relatively close game. Sam's got them winning by two touchdowns, so who the heck knows? Um, but without further ado, uh, you guys got any closing thoughts, any other, you know, bold predictions for week one this year? And it, I mean, we're going to be in live attendance. So if you see us at the Panthers game, come, come shoot us, come say hello to us. We're happy to see you guys, but any last closing thoughts for week one? Uh, Jets Panthers revenge game. I like Darnold underperforming and I like Zach Wilson overperforming. Like that okay. <laughs> okay, Sam. Sam knows you got. Okay, you, I should have ended the podcast there. I should have. You got to get it, yeah. man. <laughs> well, your underdog pick should have been Jets if you were that confident in them. But even you, even you're level-headed enough to know that they're not going to. Son not of a, gonna son of a gun, pick. Sam. Stop it. Stop it. We appreciate you guys for tuning into the second edition of the podcast. Obviously, we'll be back next week. Like I said, we're going to re- have being here every single Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Set your alarm so you can watch it right as it comes out. And we're going to be covering next week. We're going to cover all of week one. We're going to talk about, you know, obviously how our bets did. How our, And we're going to talk about our experience at the Jets-Panthers game. Probably a good experience for or Sam and I. Because we're <laughs> – sorry, sorry. Got to get one more. Got to get one oh. more of those bad boys in there. But we'll see you guys in the other videos. Like I said, I'm going to be posting the videos 24 hours in advance of game time. So, so you'll see one later today, about on Wednesday, later tonight at 8 p.m., right at 24 hours in advance of the of the Bucks versus the Cowboys game. And then on Saturday, you'll see my videos for not only daily fantasy, my starts and sets of the week, fantasy football, obviously my favorite bets of the week. But this is the Call on Our Shop podcast. This is Austin. We have a Sam and Logan and myself. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys again next week. Good luck this week on your bets. NFL week one is here. Let's do this thing. Peace out, everyone.